I know I'm not an ordinary 10-year-old kid. I mean, I do ordinary things. Eat ice cream, ride my bike. I'm really good at playing sports. Well, on my Xbox. I love Minecraft, science, dressing up for Halloween. I love the lightsaber fight with my dad. I watch Star Wars movies with him and drive my big sister crazy. I dream about being in outer space, just like any ordinary kid. I just don't look ordinary when I'm doing these things. Not even my birth was ordinary. It was hilarious. Now, how can a birth be hilarious, you ask? A teenage doctor helps. This is my first day. Night. A massive video camera also aids the situation. But to really be funny, you need what all the best jokes have. A punchline. He's coming! surgeries since then. They've helped me to breathe, to see, to hear without a hearing aid, and some even helped me look a bit better. But none of them have made me look ordinary. He said he doesn't want to go. But he's ready. No, he's not ready. I cannot homeschool him forever. Every year that we wait, it'll just be harder to start. This is the first year of middle school for everyone. He will not be the only new kid. Okay, well, he's going to be the only new kid that looks like him. But will you stop blowing towels for just one second and please listen? It's like leading a lamb to the slaughter, and you know it. I know I'll never just be an ordinary kid. Ordinary kids don't make other kids run away from playgrounds. Ordinary kids don't get stared at wherever they go. But it's okay if you want to stare, too. My name is Augie Pullman. Next week, I start fifth grade. And since I've never been to real school before, I'm pretty much totally and completely petrified. The movie Wonder and the story of a little guy named Augie Pullman is guaranteed to capture and inspire you. Augie's story is about overcoming fear and withstanding life's challenges. Augie was born with a condition that causes facial deformities. And while the degree of deformity can vary, in Augie's case, it required dozens of surgeries over several years to help him breathe, eat, hear, 
and to move his appearance in the direction of what Augie calls ordinary. Now, I'm guessing your heart is already in Augie's corner. But when you imagine a child like him transitioning from a homeschool setting to a more public setting, you instinctively realize that his dad is right. Augie's transition will be difficult. Like every adolescent, Augie wants normalcy and he fears being labeled as weird. His dream day is to blend in and avoid being the recipient of puzzled first looks and second glances. And even though Augie is a genuinely cute kid at this point, it's not the kind of cute he prefers. From Augie's point of view, going to school is about the worst thing that could happen. Well, I like Augie's vulnerability when he admits that he is totally and completely petrified about going to school. Just the thought of being constantly noticed and discussed by others makes him want to retreat to his trusty helmet. And Augie's helmet is his safe space and his hiding place. Now for us, it's usually not a helmet, but most of us have a way of hiding from others. For some, it's an actual hiding place. For others, it's a virtual hiding place online. Some people hide behind alcohol or another substance. Some hide in the ocean we call social media, while others hide behind exaggerated attempts at being funny or beautiful or talented or spiritual or socially conscious. We are clever at finding helmets in which to hide. And thanks to social media, we've all become publicists and image management experts, learning to hide our insecurities to feel better about ourselves. And sometimes it works. People buy it. Sometimes we even buy it ourselves. Well, I love what Psalm 139 says because it reminds me that there is no hiding from God. God knows the real me. Even if I succeed at hiding behind an image, God always knows who I am. He knows my thoughts. He knows my words even before I speak him. And there's nowhere I can hide from him. The psalmist tells us, I can never escape from your spirit, God. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there also. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. Well, I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you, Lord. And then the psalmist makes this beautiful statement. You, O God, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Friend, what David said about himself is true for you also. You've been knit together by God in the image of God. And that doesn't mean you're perfect. None of us are. If you know the storyline of the Bible, you realize that every part of God's creation has been spoiled by sin, our bodies and our minds. And some of our bodies hide it better than others, but no body is perfect. But we can take comfort in David's words that each of us is uniquely created by God. So whether you're the picture of health at this point, or you've got an obvious physical limitation, you are God's creation and he takes pleasure in you. And you are more than a body. Even if your body doesn't work well or doesn't attract a lot of compliments, don't despise how God made you. Because friend, you are a wonder. Do you want to tell us yet how you felt about the tour today? Mr. Tushman went out of his way to tell me how sweet those kids were and that Julian is apparently quite the dream. No. Not a dream? Is he one of those kids that acts one way in front of grown-ups and then another way in front of kids? 
Yeah, I guess. Well, I know it's hard, but you have to understand that he probably feels badly about himself. Mm -hmm. And when someone acts small, you just have to be the bigger person, right? Right. Right. Yeah, I'll get the pizza. Look at me, Augie. That kid sounds like a real jerk. If someone pushes you, you push back. Don't be afraid of anyone. Wow, you whispering. Because I'm afraid of mom. You just gotta be a bigger person and rise above it. It's that easy. Augie, I do believe that this is the best year for you to start school because everybody is going to be new. But if you really don't want to go... No. It's okay, I wanna go. You too? <laughs> what changed your mind? Well, they have a really good science selective. And I need a better science teacher. <laughs> oh, well. Whoa. There's that. Whoa. Aren't you gonna take that, Mom? Can I get some backup here? Are you gonna let She's him talk to your wife like this? Let him talk to my wife like that. after school, okay? Right here. I love you. Love you too. I'll see you later. I gotta stop here because past this point is a no dad zone and you don't want to walk up with your parents because it's not cool. But you're cool. I know I am, but technically most dads aren't, so. And neither are these helmets. Hey, two rules. First, only raise your hand once a class, no matter how many answers you know, except for science. Check. Second, you're going to feel like you're all alone, Augie, but you're not. Check. Should we lose this? Come on. Costumes are for Halloween. Prepare for blast-off. I love you. I love you, too. Have fun. Have an excellent mission and God's speed. We are ready to this happen. Dear God, please make them be nice to him. Four, three, two, one. If you're a parent, that scene kind of hurts your heart, doesn't it? Dear God, please make them be nice to him. A lot of moms and even many dads have prayed some version of that prayer for their kid. Well, Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane that God would take away the suffering he was about to experience. 
And what happened? Well, the next day, his enemies crucified him. But that wasn't the end of the story. God used the horrible things done to him and against Jesus to redeem the human race. And then Jesus returned from the dead. Now, that's often how God moves. He doesn't always erase the pain. He redeems it. If you're disappointed that God did not erase some pain that you asked him to take away, consider that God may be in the process of redeeming it. Well, it's a lonely walk for Augie as he runs the gauntlet in a new setting, totally out of his comfort zone. And our kids might be surprised to know that even as adults, we experience insecurity also. Life is awkward and difficult for all of us at times. Kids struggle to fit in with kids. Moms struggle to fit in with moms. Dads struggle to fit in with dads. Even pastors don't always feel like we fit in with others. Community with others is always a good thing, but it's rarely an easy thing. And unfortunately, those who are on the inside of many circles don't always try to include those on the outside. It happens with kids and it happens with adults. So friend, Is fear causing you to freeze or hide? Should you be making a bold move that you're putting off? Are you refusing to explore a new relationship because you're protecting yourself against being hurt? Are you inwardly complaining about feeling lonely at church while avoiding connecting in studies and service opportunities that would help you connect with others? What's holding you back? Chances are there's some kind of insecurity weighing you down. Well, the Apostle Paul told his young protege, Timothy, That God does not give us a spirit of timidity, but he gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Friend, when you receive God's Holy Spirit and you surrender to him, something's going to change on the inside. God will prompt you through sermons and conversations and songs, and especially through scripture, to take a courageous step. So I want you to be inspired by this little 10-year-old boy today. I want you to take a risk to face a giant, or as Jesus put it, to tell a mountain to move. And I'm not as concerned about whether the giant actually falls or the mountain actually moves as I am about you pushing against fear and failure of change. If you're facing a new challenge, remember what Augie's dad told him. You're going to feel alone, but you're not. You know, just a few weeks ago, we celebrated the birth of Jesus. And one of the names given to Jesus was Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And although Jesus is no longer physically present with us, he is spiritually present with us. And he's given us his Holy Spirit who lives in us and guides us and gives us power. And friend, you will have times in life when you feel alone, but you're not. God is with you. Jesus promised his followers. He said, I am with you always, even to the very end of time. All right, let's settle down. Everybody settle down. Look, saved. Sorry. Everybody find your seats. Yes. Finding our seats, great. All right, now, some of us are lucky enough to know each other, yeah? And, and others are new, hi there. Okay. My name is Mr. Brown, and you're late. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I was just helping set up chairs for the assembly. Don't worry about it. Can anybody tell me what this word means? Anybody? No? 
precepts are rules for really important things. Like mottos. Like mottos or like famous quotes or like um, lines from a fortune cookie, right? Precepts can help motivate us. They can help guide us when we have to make decisions about really important things, okay? So why are you talking to me about precepts this early in the morning, Mr. Brown? Well, let me tell you, because precepts also can tell us a lot about ourselves. Who is it that I aspire to be? That is the question that we should be asking ourselves all the time. What kind of person am I? So this is what we're going to do. Um, everyone's going to come up with two things that they think everybody else should know about them. All right, I'll go first. Number one, I used to work on Wall Street for a long time. And two, I left Wall Street to pursue my dream and teach. Boom, who's next? Hi, my name's August Pullman Augie, and um, I have a sister named Bia and a dog named Daisy. I love Star Wars, and I just said three things. Yeah, sorry. Well, that sounds like a bonus to me. Three things. Thank you very much, Augie. That was perfect. Who's next? Oh, I actually have a question for Augie. What's to do with the braid in the back of your hair? Is it like a Padawan thing? What's a Padawan thing? Oh, it's from Star Wars. A Padawan is a Jedi apprentice. Who's your favorite character, Augie? Boba Fett. What about Darth Sidious? Do you like him? Ouch. Okay, can we, can we talk about Star Wars at recess? Yes? All right. Who wants to read this month's precept? What about you? What's your name? Summer. Summer. Want to give it a shot? When given the choice between being right or being kind, choose kind. Mr. Brown is a kind, compassionate teacher who generally wants to inspire his students and make a difference in their lives. He treats Augie like he treats all his students, with respect and dignity, caring for them and their well-being. So he nudges Augie to come out of hiding and participate. But unfortunately, one of Augie's peers, a boy named Julian, who was selected to make Augie feel welcome at school, seems to instead enjoy making Augie feel like an outsider. And he never misses an opportunity to demonstrate cruelty towards Augie and make him feel insecure about his looks. You know, there's a great verse in 1 Samuel 16, 7, where God reminds a prophet who is looking for a king that people look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. You know, Augie thought he was ugly on the outside, but friend, there's really no such thing. Jesus taught that ugliness comes from within, from a corrupted and sinful heart. He said that a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So the actions of some of Augie's peers is what was truly ugly. Ugly words spoken from calloused hearts. And they missed the point of Mr. Brown's precept on the board. When faced with the choice between being right and being kind, Choose kind. Paul reminds us as he writes to the Ephesian church, be kind and tender-hearted to each other. 
So even when what we are saying is right and true, if we're not showing kindness, we are wrong. The words we speak and the tone and the volume we use to speak them have great power to either build up or tear down. So friend, let's choose kindness. And don't underestimate the power of kindness. After all, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Writing to the church at Rome, Paul reminded them, Don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? And doesn't that mean anything to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Well, I love the question Mr. Brown posed to his students. Who do you aspire to be? That's a question we should all be asking all the time. And for those of us who follow Jesus, we should aspire to be more like him. Well, somehow, Augie survives that first day. It's not ideal. He's picked on and many of his peers stare at him as he feared they would. He experiences the ridicule that he most dreaded. But Augie hangs in there and then people begin to learn that he's actually a pretty cool guy. Four things I've learned about Augie Pullman. First of all, you do get used to his face. Now, this is not like regular ice. You can't touch it with your hands, okay? Second, he's really smart. He's ahead of me in everything. In science, he's ahead of the whole school. Everybody watching? Woo! <laughs> Third of all, he's actually pretty funny. But fourthly, now that I know him, I would say I actually do want to be friends with Augie. At first, I admit it, I was only friendly to him because my mom asked me to be nice. But now, I would choose to hang out with him. Like, he's a good friend. Like, if all the guys in fifth grade were lined up against a wall and I could choose anyone I wanted to hang out with, I would choose Augie. What a difference that one friend can make. A lot of parents have prayed for their kids to find that one friend. And Jack and Augie's friendship grows because Jack begins to see Augie the way God sees people, looking past the surface to the heart. Now there's a point at which Jack wounds Augie with his words. But an apology is a powerful thing, and it leads to forgiveness and a restored friendship. I'm sorry are some of the most powerful words in the English language, equally matched by the words, I forgive you. We're instructed in Ephesians 4.32 to forgive one another just as God through Christ has forgiven us. It's not always easy, but it is always worth it. Later, Jack physically defends Augie when he is being bullied. God likes it when people who aren't being targeted for mistreatment speak up and stand up for people who are being targeted. Often, that is the very thing that tips the scales. Psalm 82.3 tells us, Defend the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. So friend, let me ask you a question. Whose dignity are you speaking up or standing up to protect? 
And don't just think about hot topics in the political realm. Think closer to home. Who are you defending on the school playground, in the conversation over coffee, in the leadership team meeting, around the dinner table? Ironically, the happiest people are those who make a life out of watching out for others. Being for those who are weak is not just a spiritual obligation. It's a great way to live. And if you meet someone along the way who really could use some work on his or her personality or character, remember that the most transformational thing you can do for any other person is to make following Jesus attractive to them. You know, most people aren't looking for rituals or religious obligation, but deep down, most of us do long to experience the way, the truth, and the life, and that's Jesus. So if the way you follow Jesus causes someone else to eventually follow Jesus, that's the greatest compliment you can ever receive. Well, let's watch one more scene. The end of the school year has come. Augie actually thanks his mom for making him go to school, and then this happens. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, graduates, final award this morning is the Henry Ward Beecher Medal to honor students who have been notable or exemplary. Usually, it's a good works, a service award. But I came upon a passage that he wrote which made me realize that Good works come in many forms. Greatness, he wrote, lies not in being strong, but in the right using of strength. He or she is the greatest whose strength carries up the most hearts by the attraction of his own. Without further ado, this year, I am very proud to award the Henry Ward Beecher Medal to the student whose quiet strength has carried up the most hearts. So, will August Pullman please come up here to receive this award? Walking up towards that stage, I felt like I was floating. My heart was beating so fast. I didn't really understand why I was getting a medal. It's not like I blew up the Death Star. All I did was get through fifth grade, just like everyone else here. Congratulations. That's for you. Then again, maybe that's kind of the point. Maybe the truth is, I'm really not so ordinary. Maybe if we knew what other people were thinking, we'd know that no one's ordinary. 
and we all deserve a standing ovation at least once in our lives. My friends do. My teachers do. My sister does for always being there for me. My dad does for always making us laugh. And my mom does the most for never giving up on anything, especially me. It's like that last precept Mr. Brown gave us. Be kind, for everyone is fighting hard battle. And if you really want to see what people are, all you have to do is look. Well, you gotta love Augie's humility. While everyone applauds him, he inwardly applauds others. And that is the truly extraordinary thing about this little guy. Even though life has dealt him hardship, which would tempt most of us to focus on ourselves, Augie doesn't do that. He is all about others. And Jesus taught that true greatness is found not in pursuing greatness, but in choosing to be the least, to be a servant to everyone else making the most of them. Jesus said, The greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, when announcing the award, the principal quoted Henry Ward Beecher, the great preacher and social reformer of the late 1800s, for whom the school was named. And Ward said, He or she is the greatest whose strength carries up the most hearts. Friend, let's all aspire to that level of greatness.